to <gasps> welcome back to trainees. Oh my Hercules. gosh. Hercules, Hercules. Uh, I have a tagline for us, women in training. Oh, we're women in training. <laughs> you know what? We're women in training because guess what? Quay, Nyla, you don't have a vagina. Oh, wait. You don't have a uterus. So you'll well, I don't have either. Woman. Don't ever confuse that. I thought or, it was yeah. more of where, you know, you're continuing to work on yourself as a woman. You're continuing to grow, to elevate. I did Maybe I listened to too much um, anti-trans radicate or rhetoric for the, the film that I'm working on. So oh. maybe I'm channeling that. I'm channeling that. I'm channeling oh, not my- our film. You're talking about the film you're creating right now. What is it called? Um, so it's tentatively called I Was Born a Man Who Became a Woman Who Found Christ and Be- Became a Man Again. That's the tentative title of the new project. <laughs> I have never heard that before. That is a genuine reaction. Um, I guess what everyone is going to want to know is why is it so long? You know what? I love a long title. Like take me back to the seventies. Like give me long ass titles. Like I love a good long ass title. Mm. Even though I know it's like against the industry. Everyone's like one word, two words, max titles. And I'm like, no, we need a really long title. Yeah, that's like me when we're writing monologues and I'm like, ooh, I want to, um, let's shorten it. Let's shorten it. Let's shorten it. Yeah, yeah. You hate them. You hate, you hate more than two, two sentences. Like everyone needs to say it's a two sentence limit. And then you're just like, <laughs> too much. This is too much. Who this long? I will say it's so it's for two reasons. I actually love a monologue because we did what we you did. You were gracious enough to put on scandal. And so we were able to kind of look at that kind of brought up something we were not really referencing, but just brought up a monologue. And what I I do. So I do like monologues because I do love the monologue Shanda Rhimes wrote for that show. However, I think with comedy, I feel like brevity is the cornerstone of comedy. And I I do. And I just think as an actor, and I feel like it's an actor thing, you're like, why is this so long? Like there are multiple people in this scene. And I feel like that often happens with actors on set. They're often like, can I say like, can we shorten this? And then, and then you fire them because you're like, bitch, how dare you? How dare you? That was something that my grandmother said when she was on her deathbed. And how dare you, how dare you not respect her and her lack of brevity? Those are her last words, Quay. I remember being on set with Viola Davis and she did change a line. And it was, it was interesting. I don't particularly remember what it was, but it was something small. It was just like a word or something. But mind you, she did that show, How to Get Away with Murder every day right and so she was just like oh i'm sorry can i uh, hey writer can the writer came over yes miss davis and she was like oh i was just i would love if we can just yeah can we just switch this (laughs) and it was funny watching her do it it was in the whole like it was a whole you know theatrical charade of just asking to change the word but you know she was really nice and the writer was really nice and they changed it, it was literally just a word but i know tv is really precious about 
you know, words. I know all writers are really precious about their words. Which every time you tell me that, I I, I think I, I'm like, you know what? Sure. I'm a good work. I'm a good worker together. I mean, I'm a good coworker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're great. You're really, really great. So today we, so here's how we have trainees set up. So Nyla and I meet twice a week and we actually write our film trainees, which is a buddy comedy. And for our first episode, we did the podcast first and then we wrote. And today we did writing first and now we're doing the podcast uh, last. So Nyla, how do you feel about doing, how do you feel about both orders? Okay. Personally, if you have to ask me and you are asking me, I like doing the podcast first because every time I see you, like I want to kiki, like I want to get into the shenanigans. Like I want to shenanigan. So like today you hit me with the roadblocks. You were like, "Ah, ah, ah." not until the podcast. And I was like, girl, I want to kiki too. What is going on? Okay, so yes, that is true. Nyla would try to speak to me in any way, shape, or form, and I hit her with. I, so I did America's Next Top Model, and on any on most reality shows, they tell you when the cameras are not rolling, you cannot speak because then you'll just be reiterating a conversation you already had. And I wanted to save everything for you. That was really traumatic being on America's Next Top Model and not being able to talk to people who are right in front of me um, and being yelled at for talking. Um, but I did bring it here because I was like, it's effective. I like, and I didn't know you were going to say this. I like writing first because we're able to like handle that business, handle business, and then come over and do this, which is like fun, which will become, which, which is business as well. But I just feel like the writing is, I don't know. My heart is like, it's a, my heart is really in this script and I'm like, let's prioritize it. However, you're right. The way our dynamic is, we do always speak and we talk about our day, we talk about our week, and then we start writing because that informs the writing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, so we'll keep it. We'll keep it how we did it initially. I mean, wait, what if we just switch it? Like, what if we just just do it both ways? Because it'll be like, it's it's like one is like, will be like the like we'll start with the kiki the podcast and then after we'll go into the writing and then that'll that'll give us like maybe what our hopes or what we were planning on working on that day and then the, the next time we meet we do it at the end and we can talk about like our impressions of like what we just wrote so keep switching back and forth like we're doing now yeah let's try it yeah Not i don't like know about I don't know about talking about the script though, because I'm like, do we really want to be shit? Like, don't we want to? Not, I mean, I don't think we have to like talk about it, but like, we could just talk about like some insights, you know, or maybe there's just the energy. Because I, feel I like- mean, we definitely can talk about today and you not wanting me to uh to write that to write you you were like. I was writing a joke about not a joke, but I was writing something about a character who has HIV and you were like, I think this crosses the line. (laughs) And I was like, okay. Yeah. And then it's interesting because our moral, our moral, like 
our lines are in different places. Like I was actually, I actually had more of a line when it came to like gender identity and you had more of a line when it came to. Um, wait, wait, what line did I have at gender identity? Wait, what line no, did I? I had a line at, at gender identity that oh, I was like, oh, I, I don't know about this. Well, I don't, it's not that you jumped over it. It's just that like, it was, it was also something I wrote. Cause you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm irate. I write crazy shit, but I, um, I had wrote something about one of the characters and I was like, you know, you're a, you're fucking mentally ill. You're not a woman. And I was like, Ooh, wait a minute. I actually think that that's too much. You were like, no, that's not enough. And I was like, Oh, but I was like, <laughs> you know what? I, I did think it was an, I did think it was a, too much, but I had just already given you a whole monologue about the other thing. She I got was, me together about the HIV thing I wrote. She got me together. She was like, there is not going to be a character where I'm not going to allow for a character named Quay written by a person named Quay to be in movies and TV shows talking about, talking about this. And I was like, Okay. I was like, yeah, I was like, you're right. I was like, fine. And I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> point, point taken. You know what? I think, I think, I think it's fine. Cause you know, like your art you're creating and, and you do need those roadblocks. Cause bitch, you gave me the roadblock before too. when I was just like trying to make a joke and you were like, no bitch, that's punching down. And I'm like, you know what? I didn't catch it. I was like, Oh, what? about that person. Oh yeah, that's crazy. I'm not. I'm not even gonna say. Oh god, I punched down. You know, you what? wanted to make. You wanted to write a joke about a human being, <laughs> a human being, not a character, a human being. That was crazy. I want to say that I. I absolutely love. Don't that don't say don't ju- no. I'm just not, don't, not, say, don't say don't say don't. I, I'm just saying, I I still think the joke was a key. But it was. I'm not saying that you're not fucking funny and talented and hilarious. I'm saying that it has crossed the line. Those are two different things. It was a key. Why? I guess I have a question for you. Why do you think that we connect to such, such like out there cross the line comedy like why is it do you think that we like that is like where where our our creativity like leads us comedy wise you mean us artistically or like our generation or oh i mean you and i i i mean i think everyone likes kind of like cross the line comedy like i think that Mm -hmm. most people usually think something they usually will have like a a hot take or a fucked up thing they think is funny. I mean, mm. there's some, there's some, there's some that are like, there's some that are like un unmentionable things. Like I feel like, like, and you know what? Here's the thing. Since we mentioned like the HIV conversation, mm-hmm. I think that as trans women, where that joke comes from is that you know, just like growing up and like getting services, being homeless, being going to nonprofits for services, we were always kind of told that we were going to get HIV. Like it was always like that was like in the air, you know, mm-hmm. and, and no shape people like 
the homeless POC people, a lot of people did get HIV. So that like that joke was in the air because it was like a part of us, you know, like it affected us dearly and we were always at risk of it. So I think that joke, I feel like when you are like a part of like a targeted demographic, so to speak, where it affects, you can make jokes from it. I think that's where that comes from. And I think that's kind of okay in the level of fucked up jokes. But I think there's like, if you laughing at something that does not affect you, then that's a little questionable. Especially if you see that someone else is hurt by it. You know what I mean? And I, you know what? And I, the joke that you made, I totally, I got it. But I feel like the joke was kitchen table joke. Like, I feel like it's it's a joke for the girls, but it's mm-hmm. not a joke that everyone else will get. You know, the broad I feel like the way we wrote it now is definitely more more clever anyway. Here's here's the re- here's my take on the thing. Uh, the reason I make these sort of more risque jokes is because either if it's in my stand up or if it's in this film that we're creating trainees, everything is in a sandbox. And within that sandbox of us to like joke about is race, being transgender, and then all of the things that are tied around our black race and, and being transgender women, which of course is HIV AIDS, is being murdered, you know, is sexual assault, like all of all of those things, those are a part of our lived experiences. I just took my prep because, which, you know, lowers your chances of getting HIV, builds up a defense. I just took that because that pill because I am at such a high risk of contracting HIV AIDS. So it is something that is always forever looming. And because that is a part of my reality, I don't I don't have HIV, right? Um, but it is a part of my reality. And so mm. I make jokes about things, not to f- trivialize it, but I actually make jokes about things to to grant us some relief but yeah i appreciate it like your pushback on that because what the character was saying the character quay she was using it in a way to say that she was better than another person or like or she or it's it it was like it was it was stigmatizing so no no i i appreciate that and that's why i like having a writing partner because you have someone who can check you in the moment but you know what? Honestly, given the character Quay, like, in saying that, that, I mean, I'm not saying it's a right thing, but that's, that feeling was, like, very of the, of the, of the community, of the moment, of the time. Yeah, I definitely know some trans women who've done something similar. I mean, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. I think, I think, I think it goes back to, it, it, it's, it's linked to like the N word or, or mm. what we say, like what we say about like, um, about being black and blackness, like a lot of stuff, a lot of like, it's, it's, it's clearly internalized and a lot of stuff you have to like unlearn through time, Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Um, so I would say that's kind of our check-in unless you wanted to check in about something else. I mean, yeah. Can we actually check in about some other stuff? I do have some other stuff I want to talk about. Do you want to tell me about, 
do you want to go? Do you want to tell me about your day? I'll go second or I don't know. Um, or your week wait, or whatever. I, I feel like my week has been pretty good. I saw the Beyonce Renaissance movie last night and bitch, mm. let me tell you, I, 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 I lived, I lived completely like Beyonce, like literally is a goddess. Um, a couple of insights, which I kind of told you, but you kept hitting me with the bitch. Let's save it for the podcast. So here's some of the, and here's some of my insights for the podcast. Um, one, I loved that Beyonce was talking about work and in a way that we don't really see, or we don't really respectfully see women able to talk about doing the job and what that actually means and kind of talking about it in like a tradey tradesman because Beyonce is a trade person you know she is a craftsman she is an artist you know but the way she was talking about just like putting the concert together and actually what it takes and actually how involved she was in the vision of creating that we don't really hear women talk like that and it was just really inspiring to to, to hear Beyonce talk about like the work that it takes and I mean, this is kind of always why I've loved Beyonce. I, I graduated grad school in 2020 and it was during COVID. And, and so during that moment, they did the celebrity commencements because no one could graduate. And so Beyonce did a speech and I felt like she was talking to me. Wait, wait, wait. And wait, you're talking about the one with the blonde hair and when she, yeah. oh, well, she always has blonde hair, but the one where she's like in front, I know she has, but you're talking about the one where she had the curly blonde hair yes. and it, was, it was, everything was brown. Yeah. That's when you graduated? Yeah. Grad school. That's when I booked they slash them. Like that's when I had my director session callback and I watched that right before I did my callback. I was in Arizona in a hotel room. What? Yes, I watched that and I literally started like crying and then I went into my callback session. That's crazy that both marks important times for us. And then I I did think I was like, oh, wow, these students getting that. So mm -hmm. she she gave that to your school or to a bunch of schools? Well, it was just like a Google YouTube thing where a, a Google, bunch of okay, gotcha. were talking about to college students and new grads. And I mean, to be real with you, I only listened to Beyonce because... Oh, I didn't even know anyone else made one. Well, because I literally Beyonce, did. Right. She killed Because yeah. it's Beyonce. 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 Um, yeah. So I, I just like, I loved it because Beyonce really, in that speech, what really like, what really like spoke to me was talking about putting in the work and how you, you're going to Don't talk about what you're going to you do. Win. And... So I know with me, just like working on my, my feature, working on this project, I, I was like, I was really, I was like a little defeated in the process, but like, and like I was when I graduated, I was defeated because it was like COVID, the industry was closed. I was like, shit, how am I going to make money? What am I going to do? I have this fine arts degree. And so, um, oh, shoot. And so, and so, and so hearing Beyonce, like, talk about how, one, you have to focus on the work was really inspiring because it, it really pushed me to focus on my own craft and my own work. And then seeing Beyonce 
again in the Renaissance, at Renaissance, and again, she talked about putting in that work and, and it was just inspiring to see like, you know, like Beyonce always like, which I really admire. She always is just like about the work and, 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 and making stuff happen and knowing how things work and learning and growing and become better. And this is a loose quote. She said that there is beauty in the, in the work of it. And, and I, and I really like felt that. And it really like motivated me to like continue on like in my career. I mean, not that I was stopping, but you know, it's a little, it's a crazy in the industry. There's a lot of stuff going on, you know, and it's, it can, it's really discouraging time. So I loved it. I mean, plus Beyonce is a fucking phenomenal performer and she's gorgeous. And it was just amazing to see. There is a lot going on. Um, specifically the censorship of artists in our industry and in the, in the entertainment industry, uh, particularly actors, uh, writers, people who are on the film and TV side. I feel like musicians have always been granted more grace or more, or I'm not going to say control, but I feel like mu- musical acts have always been able to like, cause they're able to just kind of, go in the studio. If you have two or three people, you could make an album, you know, but if you want to make a film, you do need a village. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'll I'll say with comedians as well. I feel like live performers have, have more of a, they have more, they, they have more control to like keep the output of their art. Um, you know, they can be blocked in other ways. You won't be put on the radio or you, you know, they won't give you a special, you know, but you can still, go out like you can still be out there and make big moves um yeah i i will say like i'm gonna go see beyonce's film renaissance um it 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 is a it is definitely like a i'm not gonna say a challenge but i do have complicated feelings on it just because i wish she would i wish she would I wish she would speak. I wish I wish she would, you know, ask for a ceasefire. I wish she, because my thing is, I know everyone, you know, gets I've, you know, seen the comments and stuff about the people who are, you know, boycotting the Renaissance film. My thing is this, like Beyonce has made an expressly political album. She's made expressly political albums since the Beyonce, you know, self-titled. And She's also a leader of culture. And because so many voices are being silenced, you know, would it be nice for her to to speak out? I think it would be greatly appreciated. Um, I think it would also make, I think it would also give permission for others to as well. You know, when I saw other people speaking out, when I saw my coworker, uh, my co-star Austin Crute going to Palestinian protests, um, that really encouraged me to to speak out as well when i saw you speaking out on behalf of on the on behalf of palestinians but also just a rejection of of genocide like it 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 really it really moves me and it really made me feel less afraid and less alone of retaliation um you know and something i saw people said they were like well why don't you have this energy for taylor swift honey i have never once supported anything that that woman has done Beyonce loves Taylor Swift I do not 
I have no hate for Taylor Swift, but I have never given that woman a dollar of my money. I did not see the Eras tour. Um, yeah, I, didn't. I, I, yeah, I, I didn't go to the, I didn't spend $1,300 at a Taylor Swift concert. I gave that money to be to the queen, you know? And, and I'm a, I'm a newer Beyonce fan. Actually, I actually became a, actually became beehive in the Renaissance. I became a beehive. And before then, before then, what? when I really, yeah, when I really like, wait, 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 we need to slow that. Slow down. Slow down. <laughs> wait a goddamn minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait, you became a beehive member in Renaissance. Yeah, when I and when I say beehive, I mean like a super fan. Like I became a super fan yeah, during okay. Renaissance. That makes sense. Oh, I was I was like, were you one of the girls f- who were like, you've been a fan? Okay, I've 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 been a fan for for life, right? I've been singing Beyonce songs ever since I could remember, and being beat up by my father for it. You know, however, was she to me? It was she to me? She she to me. As Beyonce, she was no different of an art. Like I had no different an emotional connection to her when I was listening to Single Ladies, which is like a you know just it's a pop record that you hear again and again and again. You know, I thought the the music video was great, but like that song compared to like so many other pop artists, I didn't feel a spiritual, emotional, and this is important a political connection. But then when she came out with self titled. I was like, oh wow, she's talking about feminism. She this 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 mute this music and when I when Beyonce self-titled came out, I was living in a in a homeless shelter. I was at the L- Los Angeles LGBT Center. And that album spoke to me in a deep way as a woman. And when she came out with Lemonade, that album spoke to me deeply as a black woman. And then when she came out with Renaissance, it spoke to me deeply as a black trans woman. And at that point, I, I was just like, this is an artist who is doing something on another level. She's using her art to shape the world, to protect women like you and I. And that to me, I feel like, I I just, wow, amazing. And I didn't understand, you know, before then when I would listen to Janet Mock and Laverne Cox um, talk about their love for Beyonce. I didn't really, I didn't really understand. And also you have to understand, I'm not a lover of music. I I don't love I don't love music. That's, I've uh, the only concert I've ever paid for is has been Renaissance. I'm like if I yeah I think it's loud. I was I was just at a live was at a comedy show last night that had like a live concert component, and I was like ooh girl this is loud. But then they started singing more of a slower tune, more of a softer tune. I was like okay I like this I like this. Yeah I'm just I'm actually not a yeah. But I mean I guess you just haven't been. I mean Renaissance was an amazing concert. But wait, okay, question. Do you listen to music at home? I listen to music in the car. I listen oh, to music so you in don't the like... Because, girl, I love to, like... If I have something to do, like, if I'm cooking, if I'm cleaning, if I'm writing, if I'm, like... Mm. Girl, if I'm showering, if I'm, like, getting up in the morning, I love a playlist. And I love to hear, like, my favorites over and over and over again ad nauseum. Like, I, I guess I am a lover of music. Yeah. I, I, listen, I listen to, it's funny, I'm doing some work for my new day job and I listen to, I'm listening to Joan Rivers' um, comedy special in London and 
I often listen to podcasts um, as well, a lot of podcasts, and that's why I'm like in YouTube videos while I'm working, and that's why I also have a you know strong passion to like do a podcast because I'm like, oh, I can give this to someone else. But I, I do listen. Do I love my songs that I love? Yes, I do. I love my songs. Like I love me some Jasmine Sullivan. Like come in your hood feelings. I got me one white lady I listen to. Her name is Lana Del Rey. I like that. And of course I've listened well, to oh, all right. <laughs> of all the white ladies, you know what? Lana Del Rey. I like Lana Del Rey, but like it's it's some good white ladies out there. No shit. I mean Lana You like they're better white ladies. I guess no no for sure. And this is this goes back to like me not necessarily being a lover of music. Of course there are some white women who definitely sing a lot better than Lana does, but I think Lana's like Hollywood lore that is attached to her and some of the um and she is more of a talk singer. Yeah, she is. She she um she gives these what is it called? These like she these images or these references to to Hollywood lore and things like that. And I think I really um connect to that kind of stuff. But okay, I hear people talking about the Lana Del Rey Hol- Hollywood lore, and I'm just still trying to figure out what was it? Like what is <laughs> I well she really positioned <laughs> go ahead. Is Lana, is she going to listen to this and she's going to tell me to pull up or she's going to tell me to drop my address so she can pull up? Like, is this what it's going to give? Is Lana going to Like she did to, like she did to Azealia Banks? You know what? Yeah. I would have told her, I would have dropped the address for her. I would have dropped the address. I'd have been like, here, here I am. Um, pull up. Pull up. Pull up. That, because like, ugh. That's such a, that's such a funny fucking, such a funny pop culture moment. I mean, uh, which makes me kind of sad for Azalea Banks because Azalea Banks was so like, I mean, she's so prolific. Azalea Banks is so prolific. Wait, what are you keying at? I love you. Wait, what? I'm keying because I told Nyla, I said, don't acknowledge. I said, don't acknowledge. What? Continue, continue, continue. (laughs) Oh, no, I thought you did it. I told Nala, I said, Nyla, I said, don't, that's my niece's name, Nala. I told Nyla, I said, don't acknowledge when my internet breaks because it stops for me, but it it won't stop. It doesn't stop for you, but it won't stop for the recording. And from my point my point of view she hasn't acknowledged it however what has been happening now is that like when it because it didn't do this the first time but when it froze now it um it 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 had to like leave and come back so it's been a while and like she's just continued on I think she's such a pro (laughs) and so I just wanted to give snaps to the doll yeah yeah (laughs) but um but Lana, but yeah, no, Iggy, first of all, Iggy, oh, she would kill me for confusing her name with Iggy Azalea. Sorry, Azalea Banks. Lana Wait, can I? After you. Can I read, can I read to you my favorite, my new, I guess new favorite. Oh shit, she's going to kill me. I literally typed in Iggy Azalea. Can I? Oh my God, it literally typed up 
Azealia Banks, Lana Del Rey. Because honestly, that was so funny. I, I remember reading it on, um, I remember reading it or watching it on what you call it, uh, Wendy Williams. So, okay, this is my fucking favorite. And I'm sorry. And you can gather me, get me together. I fucking love Azealia Banks. And so all choice, all choice Savant says, and this, this concerns us. All choice Savant says, she, he said on a Spotify thing that he loves 212. And her response was, and you're a late condescending expired twink anyway, bitch. We've been past 212. <laughs> Wait, can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Let me do it again. And you're a late condescending expired twink anyway, bitch. We've been we've been past 212. Trying your hardest to hold on to the fucking weak ass pedophilia and incest aesthetic, perpetuating that underlying double standard that somehow pedophilia practice amongst men is somehow okay. That is fueled your trash ass music in the first place give it up puberty hit that ass it made you a doofy looking young man i bet he'll pull the grift and come out as trans next now what she had to do him like that he did not deserve that that was not nice but it was fun it was fun and we needed some fun you know you know what here's the thing though Here's the thing. And I mean, this is a hot, I mean, this is not a hot take, but like, I feel like, I feel like when you be reading people, like when you really be over reading people and then something happens to you, people be happy. People be like, <laughs> people be happy. People be ready. People be really ready for you to like fall down that goddamn stairs so they can laugh at you before they call the ambulance. And that. That essentially is is what happens. Like people kind of, you know, like get their pop culture come up. It's I think. Well, I think what you're describing is like when you don't extend others grace, they're not going to extend you grace. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Very alerted black bitch way of of, <laughs> of explaining that. But um. Yeah, I wish I was thinking about Beyonce and doing the work. Azalea is so talented. I wish she would just focus on the work. Oh my God. There's a whole interview. There's a whole interview. When I, when I first fell in love with Azalea Banks, I was hooking in New York actually in your city. And I listened to, she was on hot 97 and um, Ebro in the morning and all of them, they were talking to her and he was like, yeah, just put it in your music. He was like, all the shit you have to say about Iggy Azalea, T.I. and Tiny and all these people, put it in the music. You know, there's a yeah. But I mean, because essentially that's what, that's what hip hop music is. That's how rap music started, yeah. talking shit to a beat. So like all of those reads, no shade. It could have been a song. Like all of her, and we I don't know. I guess, lived, bitch. Lived. I guess like, could you imagine if she would have come out with like an album titled with people's first names, and then just a song reading them? That would kind of be over. <laughs> the beat would be. The beat would go so crazy though. What I will say about Azalea, her beats are so good like uh, uh bottega 
all of Broke With Expensive Taste. I mean, I love Azealia's music. She is so, so talented. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And I think that, like, also we reward her, or a lot of people, I, I'll say I reward her for speaking crazy like this. Like, because it is, I do find it, like, so wild and, and funny. Because I'm just like, wow, that's so, that's such a, so wild to say. I mean, yeah, that is really wild to say. I, I, I mean, I, a part of me likes it too. No shade. Like I love it. Like when, I mean, and, 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 and the girls, the girls are going to jump me for this, but when Drake, Drake read Joe Button, even if Joe Button was right, when Drake read him, this is why you be writing good music. Cause the way he read Joe Button, I was like, Pull it up, pull it up, and let's hear it. And also, this is our tranny pop section because we're talking about the pop, the pop girls. So this is tranny pop. Uh, okay, I have some more tranny pop. Okay, yeah, we have to get to it. Yeah, tranny pop, tranny pop. I want to see your tranny pop. Wait, where is it? Wait, let me find it. Um. Oh, I found you... it. Oh, you found it. Okay, let's hear it. So Drake said... Please, to any artist that's doing what they feel is right, don't let the opinions affect your mindset after the fact. This guy is a poster child of frustration and surrendering. <laughs> he could have just stopped there. Drake literally just could have stopped there. But he continued. He said, you were tired and we never hung up your jersey. We don't even remember your number. We know what you're doing this. You know, we know you We know you for doing this. You withdrew from rap, not because you accomplished all you needed to. It's because it wasn't working for you. I never want anyone in the generations to think the whole everybody's entitled to their opinion is a real thing, which ugh, I kind of agree with him. No shade. I agree with him. This is a man projecting his own self-hate and the fact that I did and continue to do everything that he wants to do for himself. If you need it, put in simpler terms. I own a seven, a 767 and he owns a modest home in the 973 and flies first class on special occasions. That's a read. But you know what? A lot of people. Okay, here's the thing. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You gotta say what you said about Drake when we first talked about this. This was a month ago. Wait, what did I say? You said Drake went to the school of reading and faggotry. Oh, he did. He did. Drake went to the school of reading and fact. Wait, what did I say? Um, I said something else. I forgot what I said. But something about faggotry. Yeah, you were like that boy. Did I say the, the school of homosexuality and faggotry? <laughs> yes. Let me, tell you Let me tell you something. The way Drake read, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that Drake is gay. Do not get me wrong. I and here's the thing. I think that all people have the ability. Like I don't think that being like sassy is purely a fucking a dynamic that only women and gay boys can have. Like. Yeah, he's a queen for sure. Regardless of his sexuality, he's a queen. He's a queen. And, and Trump I'm, is a queen too. 
I love a sassy man. Like me personally, I love a sassy man. Like I kind of want you to give it. Like, please give it. Don't give it too much to me though. Don't give it too much to me because I may have to give it back. But I love it. I really love it. And I know people were just like, Drake is like, you know, like they were saying that he's mad. His album is not really that good. And, you know, I... And, and okay, this gets back to the point where people were, where Drake said, not everyone is entitled to an opinion. And here's why I agree with him. Because it's no shade. You can be like, I like this. I dislike this. This wasn't my favorite. But for you to give such, such like huge critiques of someone's work who, who no shade you could never do, you could never, ever, ever imagine doing is like kind of ridiculous, you know, like if you like, I mean, as a filmmaker, of course, I appreciate people can appreciate films, they can appreciate art, but the blood, soul, sweat, and tears that people put into their work, you know, and for someone who doesn't have the capacity to do it, they just can give you a judgment on what they think, you know, that's a, I mean, that's a little, that's a lot, you know, so I, I get Drake on that, like, everyone I'll amend it. Everyone does have an opinion, but not everyone can give you a critical opinion. Because here's the thing. Not a lot of people are out here risking, you know, like risking it all. And I'm not saying that Drake is risking it all because Drake is a really rich man. But just putting out artistic work, just doing it, like from the very first day you do it to to, to you being pro level, it still takes a lot to do. And yeah. I think, And I think that... That's that's kind of where I really felt Drake on that moment because it's no shade. I mean, and this is a, a part of like social conditioning, but not everyone's living their dreams. And you're criticizing the girls who are or the artistic merit of it. It that kind of needs to be studied, you know, like yeah, or the people who are trying, yeah, for sure. Trying, um, yeah. What's what's that? Brene Brown, she has that quote. They would always tell me in acting class. Um, what, it's not her quote. I think it's a president's quote. I forget. I, ooh, I hope it's not Reagan, but someone's was like the, it, it's the, you know, the, the person in the ring, you know, they're the ones who are putting, like you said, everything on the line, like the person who's critiquing the boxing style, like you ain't risked nothing. Like it's risk great nothing. to, yeah, it's great to do an intellectual exercise and to, you know, and to comment on all of this, but it's like, let me see, let me see you do it. Why don't you go out there and do it and put the girls to shame instead of, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, 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 it is, it is interesting. Now, what I can say is that, you know, listening to Drake's album, I can say that it definitely seems like the quality has lessened. And I say that as someone who is a fan, um, but it lessened in a way that is weird, in a way that's like hate towards women. It just seems like yeah. I, maybe, maybe it's just me, but I just felt like we just were just not there. Maybe like we're just not in that place. I don't know. And then I, but I also know Drake to like, you know, I hate this word, but like simp after women. And I, and I have loved Drake because he did all those lover boy songs. And, you know, I, I really was into him. I think that's also why Issa Rae was into him and why she wrote him, wrote his music 
and things about him into Insecure. I believe it was in the first episode. She said, all college-educated Black women listen to Drake, you know? And (laughs) I wonder exactly what she meant by that, but... um, yeah, like I there there are a lot of things like and then even like nice for what? Like you nice for what to these niggas? Like I love that. And then to hear songs like slime slime you out and then the shit with Holly Berry. Oh, I got yeah. the and then the shit with Megan, I got the ick. I got I got the ick and I was just kind of like beyond a critique of your of of the rap itself i just feel like you're moving in a way that i just think is misogynistic you can't support i think you know yeah that's true i didn't i I mean i I guess i'm not like i i like drake i like his music but i don't i don't listen to his albums when they drop honestly the way that i find out a drake song is if is if it's like playing randomly i'm like oh my god that's drake that's so nice and i shazam it did you listen to this album no i didn't it was too many songs for me so there's two there's there's the first one i don't know what it's called but then there's for all the dogs and on for all the dogs there's this song called amen which i really like but ooh, it's just it's pretty bad and i mean i do love rich baby daddy but i hate when he has a his solo at the end it's just him and i love like it's crazy i love i loved for so long, I love Drake, and so it is—it's kind of crazy. Is, does that album have the song Twenty One? Do you think Twenty One? Do you think Twenty One? I think so. Surprisingly, or there is a song with Twenty One on there. I, I mean, I'm—I honestly, I can't—I can't keep up because I know I feel like him and Twenty One did like a joint album, like he did oh, with him in Future exactly. years ago. But he does have a song with Twenty One on for all the. I, honestly, I don't even. Okay, so let's let's talk about some pop culture, some current pop culture. Okay, some current, <laughs> some current pop culture. Tranny um, pop, tranny, tranny pop. pop. That's slightly political because you know what? We're fucking trannies, and our lives are so fucking political as it is. Do you know so, that there are actually many, many trans women who are are not? Poli- I mean, of course you know this, but there are many trans women who are not political or, or political minded. Are they these? No, they're these. Oh, there are these. Well, oh, I understand it. I mean, I don't know. I get. I just, I just interviewed a trans woman who's a dear friend of mine who I love. Her name is Paris. I'd love to have her on our show, but she's like, I don't vote. She's like, I, I don't vote, and she's like, I care about you know people and everything, but I'm focused on like paying my bills and and bettering my life, and I'm you know. I'm but not you know engaging. what? Yeah. That to me is a really like it's I guess it's current now, but it's still like a really old school black mentality because growing up there were at least in my home, there were community, there were people in my family who were really politically active and they were like, you need to vote. You know, this is our right. You know, we've like we've only had it for like one generation prior. It's important to vote, you know, without being like, you know, all the shenanigans. So but then there's another side of my wait what are you king at are you king at i'm this? gagging because you talked all that shit about our right to vote and then nyla's gonna write in cornell west <laughs> no I but, am. I am. but so am i but so am I. I am but no okay back to your friend but then there's another like sphere of in the black community who are kind of like have a nihilistic 
perspective, which I also understand about our political system. And they're just like, look, shit's the same. Shit's always going to be the same. Me voting does not affect that. I'm just like taking care of the, myself, taking care of my intermediate people. And, you know, but that's not positive. true. That's not but, that's like that's not it's not true that things have always been the same. That is not true. We've well, always been under some type of domination, but it is not true that things have have stayed the same. I mean, I I think though I think though there is there is like generationally and epi, epigenetically there there that has carried on. You know what I mean? Like that level that level of like hopelessness has carried on and it's I mean, it's kind of ringing true now. Like I mean, it's 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 better, but it's better for like a few of us, you know, like well, very few of us. And it's always I'm, been better for very few of us. But then there's yeah, always I'm, been black people who on a on a on like a a macro spectrum who have been discriminated against and who don't get to like have American prosperity. That's kind of always been a connective thing where it's been like majority of us are like suffering a few of us are are able to like carve paths out of it, you know. I'm 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 actually not saying that things are better. I believe what Ibram X Kendi, who's the writer of Stamped from the Beginning, who everyone is upset about for um what is it? Uh critical race theory. Uh he says that there is racial progress and racist progress and they both happen simultaneously. Um and you know that's what I believe and I think that the the battles won that, you know, that people of color, well, black people have won and women have won. I think that those are things we have to keep forwarding because if we stop forwarding racial progress, then the only thing that's going to continue to progress is racist progress. And so that's why I'm just like, it doesn't I mean, make. I agree with you, but, but I think that everything you said is true. I completely agree with you. But when you're stuck in like a whirlpool of nihilism, mm. then, 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 you know, you don't really see anything outside of the case. It's a YouTuber who I follow, um, FD Signifier. He's a black man. And he really like intellectualized in one of his videos about like the experience of like black boys and, and how mm. black boys during teenagehood get conditioned into like black nihilism and his job is to like you know like as like a as an educator to help them not fall into that pit that generational pitfall that like is just always happening and like I mean I guess I'm being a Gemini and I'm legitimately twerking on the fence here but I get it, you know I will I mean we're fucking insane we're literally like we're gonna talk about tranny pop and then you go you literally say it's political because we're trans and like I just take it. I'm fucking insane. I will just end by saying this with with this part of the conversation. Paris, who who's my dear friend, who I love, who she she doesn't vote. What you have to understand about Paris as well is that Paris has expressed that she works nine to five and she barely makes enough money to pay her bills, and she feels so exhausted and so tired. And that is a part of the domination. The domination is keep you keep you tired so you don't have the energy to read and connect and join community and activate 
you know, like, and, and vote, you know, like that, that, that would even do anything. You know, she's like barely keeping a roof over her head. So that plays a huge part of that as well. It is a, it is a luxury to sit down and read a 600 page book by Ibram X. Kendi about the history of racism. That is a luxury to do. And I did it on set on an, on a Lionsgate and Netflix set. So I can't, you know, fault her in any way. Cause I've, ha- I've, I've led a very privileged experience. Yeah. You know, I feel like, I mean, I always tell people I, like just to I mean to 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 add a point to your conversation like I in terms of like my history I have like I have such a double consciousness about this is because like Mm. I grew up with like education like you know like with like a loving home like support and then like Come on the boys a double consciousness I can't stand you bitches and your master's degrees (laughs) Bitch, you're 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 quoting fucking book people, book people. Um, but but I mean, I I, I don't know. Like, it's it's a question I always ask myself with some, some of my friends, like especially like the the girls who I was homeless with, and 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 like when people when people ask about like my motivation and stuff that I've accomplished. And I think about some of the people who I was homeless with and like, you know, like how our home lives were different. Our early on home lives were slightly different. And I don't know. I just have like, I don't know. It, I, it's a conundrum. Cause I'm like, I'm like, did what, how I grew up, did it prepare me to like evade, like, you know, like all of these things because like, some of my trans friends who I was like living in the shelter with, like literally on the train with um a garbage bag going to the fucking Covenant house after I got kicked out of Alley Forney, which is a key key moment that Clay laughed at me about in this conversation. But I'm not I'm not gonna <laughs> And I I'm was right to and I was right to. I'll just say that. I was right to laugh. Okay. And we'll leave it there. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, you're, you're I don't th- I don't think you were wrong to laugh, but it was a key key moment. But what I but I guess the main point of it is that like even though I was experiencing like homelessness, you know, I was super I was really poor. I mean, I'm still poor, but I'm just poor and educated and with a lot more resources. Mm-hmm. But even though I was poor and I was on the train and I was like, you know, going to the stroll with the girls and you know, and I was like living that lifestyle. I knew in the back of my head that I was going to go to college, you know, like I yeah. always had that like in the back of my head. And I think that like, yeah. I don't know. I just wonder about like, is it, is it like a nature thing? I think, is it a, like a failure in the education system? Probably. Right. I would say, I would say, I, I would definitely say both. I mean, I agree with you. I think, you know, also being someone who, but on the other side of the continent in Los Angeles, I, you know, was in the shelter system um, and the transitional housing um, at 17, 18. And I know people, I met people there who are still homeless. Some people who found housing, um, you know, and, and people and people who are doing well. And I think that those of us who had a, who had a vision 
And I, I had a vision and, and my vision is, of course, to be in TV and movies and all of those things. And that was really helpful because I was able to, I, I was really intentional about not doing drugs. I think not doing drugs has been like a game changer. Um, I've seen people who are caught up in that and that's really tough. I also, you know, or that's, it, it, it really not just tough and move on it, but move past it. But like, it, it can really destruct a lot of progress. Also, yeah. the fact that I was in acting class, I was, I was connecting and meeting people who could lead me to the next thing. And because our center, I ended up getting my agent through the LGBT center. I got a, I got a man, there was a transgender woman who was running a management company of transgender artists. I had already left the LGBT center. I came back because I saw that they were doing, they had a manager and eventually that manager would connect me with the agent who I have today, who got me all of this or who connected me to all of these people from all the movies and stuff that I've done. And so I was, I was really fortunate to, you know, pay attention to where the resources were. Uh, There were a lot of people who, you know, there were a lot of people <clears throat> who didn't um, who didn't know where to get those resources or how to get those resources. Yeah. Damn, you cut out, bitch. You're like, what to do when I'm talking and everything shuts down? I'm oh, I, figure- I was like, damn, you cut out, bitch. <laughs> I yeah. So anyway, I think okay, I agree with but you. Let- I, I oh sorry. I'll just finish off by saying this. I agree with you. I think that um, because we've had, we had something in the back of our mind saying that there is a vision that we're working towards either going to school or working in Hollywood or both that kept us on a track and that track led us to where we had to push the track. We had to push the cart, but that track led us down where we needed to go. Do you, do you think a a part of it comes from your familiar background though? Like, cause you're like, I mean, you're, you're, you're really well-spoken for, you know, for, um, a negress, huh? For a negress, negress. for a transgender, a transvestite negress. Well, oh, you're cutting out again. Oh, sorry. We're going to stop recording for a second.